is just a little prayer reminder. And I want to encourage you to pray for the men's event. One for everybody, please. And just encourage you to pray for the men's event coming up. Um, we are believing God to do some things. And look, uh, Jesus said when he did a great miracle and the disciples saw that he had cast out demons out of a man, Jesus said, this kind goeth not but by, what does he say? Prayer and what? Fasting. Fasting. All right, so uh, you say, Pastor, because I took this piece of paper, does it mean that I'm committing to pray for the meeting and, and fast? No, but you did take the paper, okay? <laughs> it says right there, I'm committing to pray and fast. Now, look, uh, I'm encouraging you. Would you take and maybe put this up on your refrigerator? Would you put this in your Bible? I, I tried to make it marker style so you could put it, put it somewhere. Isn't that great? It's like an airplane, too. It'll fly around your room. Put it somewhere uh, where you will see it, all right? I'm committing to pray for the meeting, and if possible, I will fast in secret for the meeting. Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees. What the Pharisees would do in Bible days is when they did fast, they would go stand out on the street corner, put sackcloth on their head, tear their clothes, and go stand out in the corner and, and pray like this right in front of everybody in public. And Jesus said, they just got their reward. I'm not listening. So he says, pray in secret. And so we're going to pray and believe God. A couple of promises written down here. But here's some things that together we're believing God for. Um, that this meeting would leave an eternal impact on the 50 miles surrounding this building. We're, we're doing a men's summit uh, not because we had nothing else to do. Okay? We're doing it because the men, if they'll get right with God, women, they'll be a better husband. They'll be a better leader. Um, there's more men that are needed to lead. I had uh, one, of the, one of the ladies in the community walked up to me as we were ringing the bell yesterday for Salvation Army. And when I told her about this meeting, she said, that's great. There sure is a need for men. There sure is a need for men. Men that are on fire for God. So that this meeting would leave an eternal impact. Here's something we're going to pray for. That men would be saved and then the saved would surrender to serve. We're going to pray for conviction. You realize uh, a meeting is nothing if it's just a meeting. If we have 100 people show up or 50 people show up and God doesn't show up, then we just had a crowd. Okay? So we want to have the presence of God and so we're believing God for this in faith. Um, you read of the revivals that happened in the past. It usually was just a couple of women that got together and prayed and believed God. So I encourage you, find somebody to pray with, uh, find somebody to keep even accountable about this for anointing that God would give each of the pastors, here are all the pastors involved with the meeting who are helping lead it. And their names are listed there, that the Lord would send us 100 men. You believe God can answer a prayer request? You have not because ye ask not. Um, there are more than 100 men who attend churches within 50 miles of here, okay? Uh, so we're believing God. This is a small request, but we're believing God to send us people uh, for this meeting, and we're seeking to encourage the pastors. Look, some pastors in this area don't get out much because they're stuck working at their job and they can't get out much. Some men can't get out much because of their job. And so we're trying to have a local meeting. I would love if more meetings just like this would be popping up all over the nation, all over the state. It would be awesome. Okay, so the purpose of this meeting is the preaching of the word of God and the strengthening of the hearts of our men. I'm sorry, ladies, we're not inviting you because you're already right with God. Isn't that great? Just kidding. Um, 
Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. So you have not because you ask not. So we want to believe God to work. And so we're doing a meeting to this end. Let's believe God to work. We're excited about this men's summit. So I encourage you to take a moment, sign up in the lobby on your way out. There are brochures, there are flyers, there are pamphlets in the lobby to take and go post at your business. So you work somewhere, you go to the break room, stick it up. Um, I went to the plywood factory. They gave me permission to put it up. I went everywhere. We've been going everywhere in the community. Go somewhere and put it up this week. We'll print more and have them here next week as well. And we're looking forward to what God is going to do in the men's summit in January. And if you believe God's going to work, would you say amen? amen? We believe God's going to work and we're believing him to do that. All right. This morning, Ezra and chapter 3. Ezra and chapter 3. Ezra 3 in verse 11. Ezra 3 in verse 11. The Bible says, speaking of Ezra and the men who were with him, let's go back and begin in verse 10 so we can get a little bit of the context. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord... They set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, the king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout and... The, uh, all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The reason they gave praise, the reason they shouted, the reason they uh, were on the wall giving thanks to God was because God's house had been built. Now, if you know the story of Ezra, I'm going to give you a little backstory to Ezra. The nation of Israel has been in exile away from the land of promise. They have been thrown out of their own land because they forsook the promises of God. And now God is leading them back. And Ezra and Nehemiah work together, leading the people of God to go back and rebuild the walls. The walls and the whole city built out of rock has been pulled down. And they're picking up rumble. They're picking up out of the rubble. They're picking up these ruined pieces of rock with ashes all over them. They're not going to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy more mortar. They have to take and dig it out and find this stuff. I mean, this is a labor-intensive process. And they finally get the foundation in. They put the foundation of God's house. Now, they've had to build the walls around the city, and they're still in the process of doing this. But they said, you know what? We need a place to worship God. We need that place to be rebuilt. And they finally get the foundation in. Now, for those of you who are like me with the construction, you know the foundation going in is like, it's a lot of work, but it's kind of the beginning. They're just getting started, and they're sitting there praising God. Why? Because they finally get to see the foundation back. Everything rises upon that foundation. The building will be built. They gave, they gave thanks to God after they had spent much time in labor. The builders laid the foundation of the temple. They had worked so hard, and because of that, they had much to be thankful for, because God blessed the fruit of their hands. 
The foundation of gratitude is built upon a heart that has learned diligence. I believe thankfulness is a lost art today. Now, as I was meditating, thinking about it, you know, Thanksgiving, week of Thanksgiving, you're always supposed to say something about being thankful. I feel a lot more thankful when I had to work for it a little bit. Because when you learn that you had to work for it and you couldn't finish it unless you had help, unless God stepped in, but you labored so hard, you're a whole lot more thankful than if you just got it handed to you without ever having to try. The reason our generation is so unthankful is because a lot of the blessings we have been given as Americans in the last few decades, the prosperity, we didn't have to do anything to earn it. We didn't have to fight any real big wars. We didn't have, I know we fought off another, but it was not on our land. We, we have been so blessed by God. We've had so much uh, blessings in this land that the thought of a depression, people don't even understand what it could be like. They don't even understand what it looks like because we don't know what it would be in many ways. Many of us have never experienced anything like it. Thankfulness is, is um, often a missing thing. And there was a story told of an Illinois where there was a man back in 19, or 1860 where a ship went aground in Lake Michigan. The ship went into the water and, and crashed there on the shore. And there was this man named Edward Spencer. And he waded out again and again into the water, in the frigid waters, to rescue. And he rescued 17 men. He rescued 17 passengers. In the process, his health was permanently damaged. And some years later at his funeral, it was noted that one of the, not one of the people he rescued ever thanked him. Thankfulness is a lost art. The Sabbath was even built around the principle of diligent hands all week, a grateful heart on the weekend. The day was dedicated to giving thanks, to worshiping God, to praising the Creator. Diligent hands, a thankful heart. We see harrowed hands. Now show me a person who God has used mightily and you'll find there have been harrowed hands. Pressure forms diamonds. I believe a happy heart is a result of diligent hands. The first American Thanksgiving didn't occur in 1621 when the pilgrims just shared that feast with the friendly Indians. The first recorded Thanksgiving took place in Virginia 11 years earlier in the winter of 1610. When the Jamestown group had reduced from 100 or 409 men down to only 60 people, 60 settlers. And the survivors, those 60 remaining people, prayed for help without knowing when it might come. And when it arrived, in the form of a ship filled with many goods, with food and supplies, a prayer meeting was held to give thanks to God. No pain, no gain. No pressure, there's no treasure. No passion, there's no pleasure. No labor, no joy. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 12 says, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So we see these harrowed hands lead to happy hearts. We're going to look at another text this morning that also describes this. Uh, in the church setting... Uh, joy is found when we labor for the Lord and we realize uh, we can't. You don't quit and you keep pressing on and then you see God do the impossible and you give praise 
You give praise. Uh, Nehemiah, if you would turn over there. Now you were in Ezra. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah 12, 24. Nehemiah 12 and verse 24. If you join us there. Nehemiah 12, 24. The natural response to success is pride, but God commands us to give thanks. Nehemiah 12, verse 24. And the chief of the Levites, Hashbiah, Sherebiah, and Jeshua, the son of Kedemiah, with their brethren over against them, to praise and to give thanks, according to the commandment of David, the man of God, ward over against ward. So by groups, they're standing to give thanks. They were lined up in an organized fashion for the purpose of giving thanks. Look, if you would, in verse 31. It says, Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall, Nehemiah says, and I appointed two great companies of them that gave, th gave thanks, whereupon one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate. So they're going and standing upon the wall for what purpose? The leaders are up on the wall to give thanks to God. You say, why don't they just keep on working? We got to finish the wall. We got to build the city. We got to get things done. We got to stop and give thanks. We got to stop and give thanks. Intentional praise leads to increased productivity. Increased productivity. They gave praise to God. Look at verse 38. The other company over against them that gave thanks went over against them and I, and I after them and half of the people upon the wall from beyond the tower of furnaces even unto the broad wall. Man, they are standing up on the wall. Two groups of people. Can you imagine this? Look, this is why for a men's meeting we're trying to have more than just five guys, okay? Because when you have a few more people giving thanks to God, there's a little bit more expression of gratitude than just one or two of us. Um, and it is, it is beautiful thing when God's people decide they're going to intentionally praise him for what he is doing. A spirit of ingratitude can kill any gathering. And it's a spirit of gratitude, thankfulness. When we have labored hard, we've realized our own weakness and remain dependent upon God. We find joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is joy in serving Jesus when your motives are right. Look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119 and verse 62. There is joy in serving the Lord. Psalms 119, if you would, in verse 62. Psalms 119 in verse 62. At midnight, he says... I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Wait, at midnight he's going to do what? He's going to wake up? We wake up for crying babies at midnight. Right? Uh, we wake up for uh, whatever is important to us, right? He says, I'm going to wake up for one purpose, to give thanks to God. At midnight... Will I rise to give thanks unto thee? At midnight. Why not maybe like last thing in the day? Why not maybe first thing in the day? Why not in the middle of the day? 
He says, I'm going to do it at, at night when nobody else is noticing. I'm going to get up and wake up on purpose to give thanks to God. Intentional praise. It's hard to be thankful until you have labored. Labored more abundantly than them all. Uh, Paul said he labored more abundantly than them all, yet not, he said, yet not I, but the grace of God. Paul labored and continued and was able to praise God. Uh, David labored and was able to praise God. Intentional praise. At midnight, I'm going to get up. I'm going to praise God. Intentional praise leads to increased productivity. They stopped just to praise God upon the walls. Why? Because they wanted the people to get encouraged because it was a big, long, arduous task. It wasn't like in five minutes we're going to finish this production. It wasn't like we're going to, we're the, we're the government, we're going to dump another $30 million into this product, product, project, and see if we can finish this project. No, they didn't have access to unlimited money. And we live in a day in America where the temptation is to just throw money at something to fix it. And God says, when you labor and then you stop and you praise, you encourage the people and then you keep laboring, God is glorified and God increases the productivity. Intentional praise. Uh, there was a sermon given uh, in uh, Los Angeles and the man mentioned this story of six, back in 1636. In, amid the darkest of the 30 years war, there was a German pastor who is said to have buried 5,000 of his parishioners in one year. That's more than 15 funerals a day. His parish was ravaged by war, death, economic disaster, and the heart of that darkness, the cries of fear outside his window. He sat down and he wrote this table of grace for his children, a song that we just sang a few moments ago. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices after he buried 15,000 people. Who wondrous things hath done in whom his world rejoices who from our mother's arms hath led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Would you have written that song after you did 15 funerals a day for a year? I don't know if I would have. We'd be writing online asking somebody to have a pity party for us because it's been a little tough, a little depressing. Been dealing with a lot of death around intentional praise. See, praise is because we choose to do it. And they were here building the walls. They were here uh, constructing the, this, this city that was going to take a long time. And they were constructing the house of God. It was going to take many years to complete these things. And yet they stopped. They pulled the men aside. Hey, all you leaders, come right over here. We're going to stop and we're going to praise God. And we're going to do it in an organized fashion. By course, as David laid out, we're going to do it in an organized way. We're going to have choirs right here. We're going to sing. You say, why don't they just focus on other things? Why don't they take a moment to just thank all the men that worked so hard? No, they thanked God. And in the text, as I was reading throughout the text, I noticed the men did something else. Quite interesting. Earlier in the passage, before they gave thanks and before they laid these walls... They had hired their neighbors to get all the wood. 
They had hired to get all the materials for God's house. And it says that they had given of themselves. They had, so they literally, they scrounged up the money, gave the money to buy the materials to build God's house. And then the house foundation is now laid. They have paid for the materials. They have labored hard to build it. Their hands are harrowed. They have done a ton of work. And now the foundation is in and they stop and intentionally give praise to God. They could have said, well, we did a good job. We worked really hard. We raised all this money. God says, no. They, they stopped and gave praise to the one who gave it all. They, they had worked hard, but they remembered God had done it all. Intentional praise. Would you turn back to Nehemiah in chapter 12? Nehemiah in chapter 12. I believe God wants us to be people who praise him. God inhabits the praises of his people. Nehemiah in chapter 12. Back in verse 27. Would you look? It says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and with singing and with cymbals and psalteries and harps. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country, round about Jerusalem, and forth from the villages of the Nephtali. They gathered all around, it says in verse 29, from the house of Gilgal, out of the fields of Gibeah and Azimath, for the singers had built them villages round about Jerusalem. These people gathered to praise God not only for the walls being built, they gathered to praise God now that the temple foundation was being built. They had intentionally stopped to praise God. Today we intentionally stop. And this week, I encourage you, look, we're going to eat some turkey in a minute. Uh, this week, you might eat some turkey. This week, Thanksgiving Day, is for many just a holiday. It's a day off. Uh, but we want to take time this, this week. Would you just think about all the blessings God's given you? It might have been a tough year. And look, the more you have labored and learned to work harder, the more you can be thankful. It is through hard labor that our thankfulness is increased, that our praise is increased if we realize, you know what, intentionally I'm going to stop and give thanks to God for giving strength. I'm gonna, we're going to stop and intentionally give thanks to God. And you know what? That will increase your productivity. I challenge you this morning. Let's be people who give thanks. None of us have had to deal with the kind of loss that Pastor Martin Reichart dealt with, but yet we just sang his song. Would you think about that song this week? And no matter what your trial is, no matter what your difficulty is, none of us had to bury 15,000 people. None of us had to experience the kind of loss and the kind of hardship that we read about that happened in Germany. And let's give thanks to God this week. Spend the week giving thanks to God. You know what? There's probably going to be a few things that might happen you don't like this week. Uh, we might even have to give thanks to God. The gas prices go up this week. I don't know. They're probably going to raise them a little bit, right? Um, we have to give thanks to God for everything. Thankfulness is produced through diligence. Through diligence. Maybe you've labored diligently for the Lord. I challenge you, would you take time to give intentional praise? You're tired, you're worn out, give intentional praise. It will increase your productivity. Uh, it's hard to be thankful and grateful for things you've never learned to earn. A mountain of victory is only found after a ri river of adversity. Ezra had been through a lot. 
He had gone through a lot. Nehemiah had gone through a lot. These men had gone and they had done the impossible. They had gone and led the people of God back to a place of rubble. They had gone back and built a building that was burned up. They didn't have a bulldozer. They didn't have an excavator. They just had men. And they had labored. And you know what? Sometimes we look at the rubble. We look at the difficulty. In your life, you might be in a time of rebuilding. And you might look at it and say, you know what? There's no way this wall could be built back up. But yes, by the grace of God, it can be. Get your hands out. Get a little work done. Get, we got to rebuild some things. And then as we labor, God, we are able to give God praise. The mountain of victory was found through the river of adversity. God wants to give blessings today. And God wants us to praise him today. Let's take a moment to give him thanks. And I encourage you, as you pray in just a moment, think of something to be thankful for. Think of something God has done for you. Something you can give him praise for. Praise the Lord for he is good. For his goodness endureth forever. Let's stand together for a moment of invitation to praise the Lord, to give him thanks this morning for his great goodness to us. As we stand for prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed, let's take a moment to just ask the Lord to help us with this. And maybe you're here this morning and you just say with me, you say, Pastor Dan, you know what? Um, sometimes I struggle giving thanks and I want to be more thankful. I want to be a more, more thankful as a person. Would you pray that God would help me to be more thankful? Maybe with me, you would raise your hand and say, you know what, pray for me that I might be more thankful. Maybe that's you. Would you lift your hand with me? Maybe that's you. Just pray that I might be more thankful, more appreciative, amen? More appreciative. We all struggle with it. That might be more appreciative. Would you ask the Lord to help you with that right where you're at, to be more appreciative? Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about maybe just picking up the rubble You've been talking about the rubble, but you haven't touched it. Maybe it's time to pick it up, get a little work done, so we can give God thanks for what he does. However God speaks to you, would you respond to him today? Would you ask the Lord to help you today? speak. 